Alrighty, it's time for another Rude Issues. I'm sitting here in the booth today. We've got a decent crowd, but not overcrowded. My name is Chris, and I'm sitting in the booth today with Steve and Lauren. Hi. And Lexa. Hello. Hello. We're so excited because, Steve, this is my first time to sit in on the new Ephesians study. And so I haven't been able to kick it around, but I've been catching up on the YouTube channel, checking out what's going on. And so today, man, we're going to be looking at the whole series is called Living in Christ with a Heavenly Perspective. And so we're talking about, like, are we living as though we were in such a deep relationship with Christ that we are walking and living in the blessings of actually heaven. And so that's a different perspective for sure. And Ephesians, as Steve has alluded to, was a circular letter. It wasn't just to the Ephesians. It kind of traveled around. And so it was for any and all believers to say, this is how we're to live. And so today we're going to be jumping into, we're going verse by verse. And I mean, what did you say? Like May? Hopefully. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. We'll, we'll see if there. everybody has, uh, you know, can handle that slow of a journey. Well, I Hopefully know, we'll I know, I know. I mean, we're reading this other book, and it was just talking about the instant gratification culture, and I was like, well, you're not going to get that through Ephesians if we're going to May. You know, it's like, it's not going to be instant. It's going to be verse by verse, and it's just really exciting when you do settle it down. I mean, coming off of the Kings, where we had like three lessons each week from multiple different chapters, and we just <laughs> rushed through it, you know, now we're slowing things down. And so we do hope that you get something out of this one, because today we're going to be looking at this big question that Steve threw out of Ephesians 1-2, war or peace with God? Where are you living? Are you living in war or peace with God? So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and do a 60 seconds, which I don't know if y'all have ever been a part of, Lauren and Alexa. So you, have, you will have 60 seconds to tell me and tell our listeners what hit you the most in this message. Ready, set, go. I get to be first. Yes. Um, Don't waste your 60 seconds. Okay. The most, the thing that hit me the most was when we were discussing about what it meant to be like a bridge to, um, you know, culture versus us and how in our culture now we think of bridges like becoming part of the culture when Mm -hmm. we've been called called to set apart and yeah. I think that when I was reflecting on it back this morning is it's like we get to be a bridge because we sit before the throne of grace of God yeah. and because of that we are able to then from a heavenly perspective reach out and be like there's so much more for you in this world mm-hmm. than what culture is offering you yeah. and so in that way we're a bridge but we don't want to be a bridge that becomes part of the culture absolutely great that was Good only stuff. like 30 seconds wow that was awesome all right you ready I'm ready all right let it roll Okay, what stood out to me was the idea that we cannot understand the peace of God if we don't first understand the grace of God. And we can't understand the grace of God if we don't actually understand where we were before we received the grace of God. And so it's just kind of that domino effect of, okay, if I recognize where I was, then I can understand grace, then I understand peace. And then I can be at true rest with God. That's really powerful. Really good. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And once again, only 30 seconds. Oh. So good. All right. So for me, I would say like, yes, I was caught up in the bridging part because I feel like we do that so much in youth. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we just, you know, like how I communicate to that younger generation from Wednesday night where we have a ton of kids who don't go to church and haven't been raised in the church to Sunday morning where we have a bunch of kids who are discipled and are loved by families. And most of them accepted Jesus at such a young age. It's so hard to be like, so do you remember when you didn't know God? 
no, I don't, you know. And so you're like, okay, well, we got to find that bridge. And so, you, so a lot of times I'll use it like, do you understand that grace that your parents gave you when you messed something up or when you got in trouble with a sibling, you know, and so because they can't really relate to, oh, a time apart from God. And so it does, it becomes like this crazy crazy thing like on how do you bridge it and so for our friends who don't know jesus and don't go to church it's like you know it's constantly introducing them to this one concept that god loves them because oftentimes they don't know if anybody does boom all right so i used my full minute mr woodrow you're up ready set go yeah i think just those are all great um i would just build upon those and just say that uh back off what lexi just said i i think well we we have to fully embrace the magnitude of what Paul is saying to the church, grace to you, peace to you, through God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and I can't get to the peace, the place of peace that our, our culture, the world, people are desperately, we're creating the image of God, we can't be at rest or peace unless we receive the grace of God. And we cannot receive the grace of God, as Les already said, without being in tune with my own depravity, my own rebellion, my own state of, of utter helplessness without God. Now, when I experienced that, um, I, I think where I wanted to end on this is this grace to you, this peace to you, this is our role out there to a world that is desperately needing peace is to bridge the gospel to them, right, and, and go after the soul, address the peace issue with grace, the grace of God, the gospel. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, and you landed it right on, just brought it all in. All right, so we're looking at Ephesians 1, 2. I'm going to go ahead and read one so that we have a little context. Ephesians 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It kind of just stands by itself, doesn't it? It's a great, perfect intro. I know. I and know. those two words, grace and peace, are some of the most yeah. powerful words we have. Obviously, everything we have in, in from God is, is built upon the reality uh, a heavenly places perspective of those two words, right? Yeah. Um, of what he's called us into, into his mm -hmm. peace, right? By his grace, ultimately, yeah. in our lives. Uh, but the first question you just thrown out there is, are we living like there's no mm -hmm. neutral zone with God? Um, we're either at war or we're at peace with God. That mm -hmm. That is kind of falls, it seems harsh, right, mm -hmm. in the climate yeah. we're living in right now. But what um, Paul proves in Ephesians as well as, Remember Jesus saying, you're either for me or against me, right? Yeah. There is no neutral zone. And um, I don't throw it out what you all think, um, is that obviously it, it's clear from the Scripture that yeah. that's the case when it comes to we're either, you know, uh, in the kingdom of darkness or in the kingdom of light. Yeah. But I, I want to drill in for believers because um, this idea that, man, we can be saved, we can, you know, receive the grace of God— and live as a believer without really experiencing the peace of God mm -hmm. and actually be at war with God or, yeah. or seem like we're at war with God, even as a believer. Um, so maybe throw that out. What, yeah. uh, just an experience or a thought. Um, and, and, and how do we move um, 
our, our people, because I think this is where so many believers are at. They're spiritually depressed. They're, yeah. uh, they don't sense God. They don't. Um, and if you were to ask them, they might even feel like God's against me because yeah. they can't get over trauma in their life or yeah. something. Why did God let this yeah. happen? And they, not God, but we mm-hmm. put ourselves at war with, uh, put up this doubt. We put up this wall, this hurt, and we, uh, we don't come to a place of bowing. Right, yeah. so that we can enter again into the the peace of God and be there. So, anyway, thoughts. Yeah, you said something on Sunday that I thought was um, really relatable. At least in my life, I you said, "Can you be at war with God if you're a Christian?" And there's the idea that we have the indwelling Spirit of God in us, but there are times when we feel restless with God, or we don't yeah. feel at peace with Him. And maybe it can be, "I'm angry at God because of a circumstance," or maybe it's just like. I just feel this restlessness. Yeah. And when you said that, I was just reminded in the later high school years of my life, I've now graduated from college, but I there was a time when I was feeling a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic attacks, didn't really know why, and was seeking God's help, going to church, singing Good, Good Father. Yeah. But I'm like, God, I don't really feel like I know you like that even though in my head I know that's who you are but in my internal self I don't know if I have experienced that to be true and God just really took me on a journey of like reintroducing himself to me and it took me being open and willing to like relearn who God is and I had been I had been taught a great foundation in the Word of God, great foundation of who is He, but it really took me owning my faith and getting into it myself and being like, am I going to believe this about God? Am I going to believe these characteristics to be true of Him? Yeah. And uh, my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college, I would say God really reintroduced Himself to me. Mm-hmm. And that's actually when I met the Holy Spirit, which was a huge help in that process. But, um, yeah, I really resonated with the idea that I can know that I'm saved and I know that I'm now in the kingdom of light. Yeah. But feeling so restless and needing God to show up for me and, you know, what he did. So, yeah, it's a cool experience. I think... I was thinking about it, and mine's, like, similar, but mine started more in college, and it was after I spent a summer in Dubai, and I was on this mission trip team, and Lex was there, too, and oh. and we were living abroad, and, you know, there's, like, this whole picture that people, like, pitched us, and they're, like, people are just going to be getting saved left and right, like, it's the Middle East, like, they're so excited, and it was just like a mis-expectation, and we had a lot of internal team conflict that year. And I don't think we saw one salvation. Yeah, we didn't see one salvation. No. Um, and while I was there, like, I remember hearing, like, a whisper from, like, the Holy Spirit, like, inside. And he was like, what if I just brought you to Dubai just to get to know me better? Was it worth it? And I kind of, like, didn't process it in the moment. Yeah. And so I get back from Dubai, and I'm just, like so disoriented like I was like I've just spent all summer I was like so anxious I hit like really bad like spiritual mental depression like I was sleeping probably like 13 14 hours a day Mm. just because I couldn't like wake like I just couldn't wake up I couldn't function and sometime in like December or January of that year of my senior year I just kind of came to the end of myself and I was like God like I don't know who you are like you're supposed to do this this and this you're the Lord Almighty 
like I feel like I'm fighting against you. Like I don't like I'm just angry all the time. And it's like out of nowhere, I was in the prayer room and I just see a picture of Jesus coming up to me and he like gives me a pinky promise. Mm-hmm. And he's like, What if I took you to Dubai just so you'd have to like fall back in love with me? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, he's like, was it worth it? Wow. And I was like, it was worth it because I know you in so many more ways than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. And then I met like friendship with God. And I yeah. think like when you see someone as a friend who like wants the best for you and is hope, like love, mm-hmm. hopes all things, sees yeah. all things, that verse. When I learned that, that's like when I was able to finally move to like a peace with God perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like when I'm sitting with him in the throne room instead of just like staring at this guy so mad and so judgmental. Yeah when I fell in love with the friendship of Jesus is when it all changed to me and awesome. like learned about peace. I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. But. Makes sense. Beautiful. Yeah, no, I mean, I think those are great two stories that kind of illustrate because, I mean, I think there is, like, when you throw out the question, like, are you a war with God? You're like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going against, I mean, I've, I've read what he can do, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I don't want to, like, be poofed, but, you know, be yeah, like, be poofed. zapped. <laughs> be zapped, you know. But, I mean, it is. It's the concept of, like, you know, where are we drawing from yeah. is the way I kind of see it. Like, you know, we I had a mission trip experience early in my career as a youth pastor. Ambler had just been born. She was maybe like, you know, maybe one. And my coworker, Sarah Taylor, took us to San Francisco. And I got to work in a homeless shelter providing meals and then talking to people. And there was a mother and a daughter same age as Ambler. And I came unhinged. Like, I was so, like, how can this be? This is no different than my daughter Ambler. How can, how is this going on? You know, I was out of the bubble of Aspen, back in that inner city dwelling. And so there was this mentality of war with God. I mean, it's like the first time we did our first night circle with all the kids, I was like, God is not here. <laughs> this place is deprived, you know. And, I mean, I was just, like, empty. And, you know, and Sarah just jumped in. But over that week and a half of just being there, God was just showing me so much yeah. of him to me. And so it is. It's like I wasn't drawing from his well. I was like, oh, we're going to go on a mission trip. These kids are going to see awesome things, and we're going to do incredible things for the people there. But God had a whole different plan for my heart because he was like, you're drawing from the well of yourself and what you can do, not living in and out of me and staying in my peace. And so there is this concept like, I mean, yeah, I was declaring war on God in front of all of our little high school and middle school friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is why we have trials, right? This is, I mean, look at Job. Was Job at war with God? You know, um, you could... You could say it, right? Yeah. In, in, in maybe worse, too strong, yeah. right? And not in the sense that he was out of uh, union with God, mm-hmm. but he was definitely out of communion with God, yeah. right? Calling God to the carpet to justify his actions, right? And boy, God, God, God showed up, <laughs> and it was not to yeah, yeah. He called him out, right? Did not yeah. even answer his question, but yeah. just showed up. The glory of God showed up, and 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 restored the goodness of God, restored Job. Right and restored Job's, you know, vision and, and the glory of who he was, um, and we see this all through the Scripture and in our own lives, right? I think um, that the trial the is to boy, am I able to rest and enter into the peace of God even in the midst of the storm? Right, mm-hmm. as Jesus modeled in the storm in the boat, right, over and over again, He's able to rest even in the tough times. That is maturity. Right, yeah. that is a trust we learn to grow, and God keeps giving us trials. Right in that, 
I, um, you know, as we move and talk about, okay, what is the peace of God? This is what we were yeah. created for, is to mm-hmm. live at peace with God. Not just positionally, not some theological thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus saved me, so I'm not at peace. I'm not at war with God. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. All yeah. these things. I'm a saint. But that is an experiential word mm-hmm. um, that we are to live in. There, That is the flow. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, yeah. peace, peace, right? Um, and so I want to go back to something you said, uh, Lex, because I think this is key to getting us, if we're a believer, obviously, if we're an unbeliever, you, you're a, what you, you've got to be saved, right? And right. this is, you've got to receive the grace of God um, that leads you to the peace of God. But, but let's, I think we're honing in here more with uh, this struggle as believers. How do I enter and stay in that rest? And you said in your process that you uh, met the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, um, and somebody listening might go, well, wait a minute, what, are, what, what do you mean? Uh, yeah. You're yeah. saved. What do you mean you met the Holy Spirit? But I think this is real key. So maybe drill in, maybe explain a little bit of that. Yeah, I would love to. I would say for context, I grew up always knowing that there was a Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I never learned that much about him. And I don't know if, if it's my church didn't teach it or if I just was blinded to it or whatever, but I guess I didn't really realize that the Holy Spirit is a person and he's just as much God as the Son and the Father. And what I didn't realize was that the Holy Spirit came to live in me for so many reasons, to be my advocate and my helper and my guide and you know, all the adjectives that describe him, but also so that I would never be lonely again. And I started coming to the realization primarily through scripture and reading the book of Acts, actually, in which the Holy Spirit is the main character. (laughs) But um, just that the Holy Spirit is how I have access to God, and it's through Christ Jesus, but it's because the Holy Spirit lives in me, I can actually have communion with God. And... When I say I met him, when I what I mean by that is that I met him as a real person. Like, he yeah. showed up to me. And mm-hmm. for me, it's different for everyone. It happened in a worship service, and I was learning all the things in the Bible, and I was journaling, like, who is the Holy Spirit, writing down what I'm seeing in Scripture, like, in John 14 and 15. Like, he's going to be there as your advocate. I'm yeah. going to send—Jesus was saying, I'm going to send him when I go— and I'm like, oh, this is such a mystery. I'm figuring it out. But um, it was like a worship service. And it, I felt the manifest presence of God. And the only way I know to describe it is that the Holy Spirit revealed himself to me. Um, and it was the still small voice of God. And it was my friends praying for me and telling me things about myself that they could have never known. And I'm like, this could only be God. And right. All that stuff, and it was it was the undeniable, this is God. Like, I have met the person of God, and it felt markedly different than the Father, and it felt markedly different than the Son. Yeah. Because they're, you know, God had three in one, yeah. but they each have different personalities and characters. Abs- and absolutely. Different ways that they come. and Right. And we and that we have fellowship. That's and why we, Paul talks about the the love of the yeah, Father, right? Yeah. The grace of our Savior Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, 100%. right? Yeah. Um, and one of the fruits fruit of the Spirit is 
peace. Peace. Right? And so it's the spirit, right? Residing with our spirit that puts our spirit at peace. Right. And that goes from our inner core to our emotions, our mind, what we think, and to our will. The decisions we make is if we don't learn to experience him and his peace, it will not blossom out to our right. body, right, in, in all aspects of who we are. So that's a great, it's a yeah. great testimony. And what I will say just on that is I have a twin sister, so she knows me very well. But I basically got it from that experience. Yeah. And she was like, what happened to you? Like, you are very different. And I was like, I don't know, but I just met God, you know. And all that I can say is something in me settled. And that's that peace that I think we're talking about that only the Holy Spirit can Absolutely. Uh, yeah. can bring. Absolutely. So. And the the other thing you said in there, I think, was that you when the spirit when this happened, there was a sense of realizing I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was a real experience that God is with me. He's in me. He's here. He's residing, as Jesus said, to come make a home inside us. Uh, and this this epidemic problem of loneliness, right, is and I think even for a believer. Right, if they haven't had the experience, and we're all experiences are different, sure. but if there isn't a genuine sense of experiencing the Spirit reside and come upon us, that there's going to be this battle. The enemy is going to continue to come with this battle of of loneliness, right? Because yeah. if I don't experience His presence, then that's the only the ultimate reason we any of us experience loneliness is because we have a void in our soul. Yeah. And then that, go, you know, blossoms out larger. So. And what is so good is that it's not, God didn't give me this experience because I'm so awesome. You know, yeah. like he has this, I believe, for every single person. It's why it's written in scripture that he's sending right. the Holy Spirit for you and you and you and all of us. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's just like, yes, for me it was an experience and it for everyone else it might look slightly different or it might look the same, but... Just the idea that the Holy Spirit is available for each one of us because God wants to know us and he wants us to be at peace with him. And the evidence of his presence in our life, our experience with him is those are those nine fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the evidence. And if those are not there, if there's if there's a, a real sense of a lack of peace, right, then right. God's nudging us. You You need to press in with me. Right. Lauren, you look like you had something. Oh, I was just thinking about how much the Holy Spirit loves to be with us. Yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about it on Sunday in uh, youth ministry, and we were just, and I was just like, before the Holy Spirit, like the world is so black and white, and it's mm-hmm. like that's why I think people are like so at war. It's like so black and white. Like God did this, and now I'm angry. But it's like with the Holy Spirit, like the world is so much. Like it felt like when I met the Holy Spirit, like the world became full of color again. And yeah, just, like, so wonderful. much life. And it's, like, that's when I was, like, mm. yeah, like, yeah. I'm at peace with God. Like, I can <laughs> see so much more because right. my world's being, like, enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I know we were actually teaching on that this Sunday and just introducing, you know, that he's a person, yeah. not a thing, not yeah. an object, that he's there. You know, we went, we're looking at the backstory of the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, you know when did he show up and, you know, and that was kind of a compuzzler for the kids. They're like, <laughs> "Well, you know, in Acts." And we're like, "No, go back." Whoa. 
go back, go back, go back, go back. You know, and then we hit him with like infinity and beyond. Yeah. Like he's always been just like Boom. God and Jesus were, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, but I mean, yeah, like I think, you know, when you, when you, if you were like one of our listeners and you're wondering, it's like, you know, do you experience peace mm-hmm. or do you have anxiety? Do you have those things? I mean, when you're not at peace, then you're probably feeling like something is coming. Something's going to slam you. Something's going to shut the door on you, your hopes, your dreams, your desires. But then there's when you're in that relationship with the Holy Spirit, when you're walking with the peace of God, then it's like, you know, yes, it's color again. And it's like you have an advocate. And that that was one of the main points that we were teaching on Sunday is like yeah. the Holy Spirit is your advocate. You know, like my daughter even said, like, I was like, okay, so if you were to stand before God, would you defend yourself? Yeah. I'm like, what? No, no, no. No, you have an advocate. Like, you have counsel. You have direction. You have this person, the person of the Holy Spirit who wants to live inside you, guide you, and take away the anxiety and to give you peace and Mm -hmm. to show you through the maze of our culture and the maze of our world as we live in the heavenly places. And so, I mean. It's good. You know, question one, do you have anxiety? Question two, are you freaking out about everything? And I think it's just as, yeah. as we wrap up, right, I, I think maybe just some thoughts on, you know, this, uh, our role, right? We, yeah. If we have, as Paul said, this treasure in this jar of clay, this yeah. treasure, right, of the peace of God, the grace of God, is uh, how important it is today to to just lean into the Spirit to help us right, move in people's lives to go to the core of their soul when it comes to uh, really, right, fleshing out the lack of peace, yeah. you know, and then, right, to bring the grace of God yeah. right into that. And, and obviously this needs to happen with one another in the body of Christ, but yeah. I think as we step out, this is what people desperately need, right, is someone to address, right, whether it's a word of knowledge or just mm-hmm. love out of compassion, whatever, is to get to that core issue and then to just be able to minister to them the grace of God, yeah. right? So just any final thoughts on on that, steps forward for people listening. I just love that idea of now that I have been given peace from God, it's not supposed to just like stay mm. in me. My husband Jeff loves this analogy of like a lake, but there's supposed to be a river flowing in and a river flowing out, which yeah. is the peace of God in our lives. And it can Absolutely. be very applicable to other things too. Mm-hmm. But just as I have freely received peace and grace, and I continue to, it's also a natural outflow that I would give it away to others that desperately, desperately need it. Mm-hmm. So just love that idea of don't don't right. gatekeep the peace of God, right? Yeah. Like just And this is Paul's word, right? Grace yeah. to you. Yeah. Peace to you from God the Father yeah. and Jesus yeah. Christ. That's to the church. But we also, right, they let that river flow out beyond, right, to others. So Yes. Yeah, I think like I used to always do like the more in depth Bible studies at the beginning of these and I was like the grace and peace used to always get me because I was like that's just like so pat like grace and peace but <laughs> I was reading a book by Danny Silk one time where he was talking about like the shalom which is the Greek word for peace and he's like the word shalom is like an action it's a Hebrew like, word yeah sorry Hebrew. no words just what yeah. did I say Greek, Greek but oh yeah. sorry Hebrew it's Hebrew. all Greek in it. shalom um, <laughs> and it's like it's it's an action like it's yeah. not just like this passive thing but it's like like, if you go really deep, like, some scholars say it means to, like, dista- 
detangle the darkness that binds us is like the word shalom like it's active like it detangles Mm. and brings like so much freedom and light it's like shalom and so it's like i'm like shalom is like active and so us as believers like we should be active and like praying for people and like following the peace of god because it's not just some like little thing like it's like a very powerful all-encompassing thing with the holy spirit too Mm. yeah it's good no i mean i think like you know if you just if you're sitting there and you're like compuzzled i mean there were times in my life where i was compuzzled i was compuzzled in san francisco you're saying compuzzled it's my word it's my word it's my word look it up you'll see chris wrote that compuzzled like (laughs) you're just like i don't know you know but i mean it is it's like you know i think sometimes when people are in the outside, maybe they've experienced the peace of God, but it just doesn't stay. Maybe they don't have the same language to talk about a relationship with the Holy Spirit, a relationship with Jesus, and a relationship with God. It can be so compuzzling because you don't know how to put the puzzle together. Yeah. You, you don't have you're you're like somebody took three pieces out of my puzzle. What am I and, missing? Yeah, and yeah. how do you put it together? You can see the picture in other people, but I think that's where you know when we talk about the bridge, like we're set apart, we're different. Because not because we're better, but just because we have received something. And so I would say, like, for me, I think the hardest thing was you can't earn it because I'm an earner. I like to do things. Man doesn't have to pay me if he's like, Chris, you're the best. Every day if he's just like, you're the best, church can save money. I'll get another job to pay the bills. But he says I'm the best. And so, you know, transitioning out of not earning it and learning how to receive like god is constantly teaching me like just receive like today random story driving by the church two guys are coming out of discipleship and i looked at one of them and was like hey that's a nice vest he walked over to my car took it off gave it to me i'm like no dude i don't even really wear vests and he's like no you used to i'm like yeah i know i used to have one like that but he's like somebody gave it to me i've got another one take it I'm like, no, dude, I don't need to take your vest, you know. But, like, God is always just trying to show me, like, receive, just receive. That's good. Just receive. And so in the interactions with the Holy Spirit, interactions with God's peace, you don't earn it. You just receive it. Mm. You sit back and you rest. So good. And you trust. Amen. And, hey, we are out of time. If you ever have any questions or comments for us, you can reach out to us at rootissues at ccasman.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this midweek jolt. We hope it impacts you and hopefully brings you shalom and divides the darkness between us. I need to get the Surface. People up there, they get.